0: The BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther.
1: Hello and welcome to the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast, which you can download for free on the BBC Essex website. That's bbc.co.uk slash bbcessex. I'm Ken Crowther and this week my special guest was Tom Cole, a lecturer at the Rittle University College near Chelmsford. Some of the questions we answered ranged from leather jackets on lawns, roses in pots to orchids with green leaves that appeared to be dead. And advice on growing raspberries.
0: The BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther. Every Saturday from 11.
1: And we started by chatting with Julia in Clacton about her bird of paradise.
0: I've had it about eight
2: years. And it's um, it's about four or five foot high now. It's all leaves. There's no flowers coming on it at all.
1: Have you ever had flowers...
2: No, never. It's just
3: mm. great, big green oh. leaves. And you, have you got it in a pot or is it in the is yes, it in so the I've ground? I've got it in a pot because I was told to keep it indoors. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean you can actually put it out uh, on your patio for the summer months. Uh, it's absolutely fine out there. Uh, uh-huh. and then yeah, and it's then bring it so in before big. the frost. Oh, it's too, yeah, a bit difficult to move. Yeah, <laughs> it's
2: getting yes. so big now. It's...
3: But, well, the thing is. Um, they're a bit sporadic in terms of their flowering. They they don't flower straight away, I and can't uh, this sort of is yeah, a plant that's probably still sort of uh, developing itself. I mean, what you could do is, if you haven't done already, is is feed it. Um, use yes, some luck. Like, do that. Do you use sort of like a, like a tomato feed or a flower promoter? Uh,
2: Tom Thomas or whatever it's called. Tom right, that's all right. In the red that's,
3: pot. that's the one. Yeah, that's
1: now, fine. In the pot, it's in. Mm-hmm. Is it got lots of soil around it or is it cramped in the pot?
2: No, it's in quite a tall pot. The, the pot's about 2 foot 6 high by about, I suppose, about 18 inches.
1: And how much soil have you got round the plant?
2: It's right the way up.
3: The plant goes right out to the We've edge of the pot. We have to
2: replant it. We have to keep replanting it because no,
3: the roots no. are going ah, out. Don't, ah, right, don't that, replant it. You can leave in that pot forever that's your problem
1: they like being restricted and controlled Ah, right
3: so i would leave it in that pot now i mean what you have to do now and again is i mean with anything that's in a in a pot is now and again just tickle the surface and take off the loose bit and add some fresh compost but not repot it yeah and i think you'll be successful you'll be ringing us up
1: next year and saying it's full of flour um robert in kent um you are talking about how to control and restrict roots as well aren't you but in a different reason
4: yes yeah it's quite um, what plant well it's not i don't know what the plant is actually but if i explain the story to you yep. my um water meter is on the pavement and it's more or less outside next doors rather than mine and what happened and i think it but when the water ball came to repair because i've got a leak and when the water pool came to look at it it sounds like it happens quite often the roots from the next door neighbour's plant gets down to the meter, finds the joint in the between the meter and the pipe, and the roots work their way into the pipe and split the pipe. Okay. Tricky. Still, Tricky. Yeah. So the next door even though the next door neighbor came out and spoke to the waterboard and he told her about it, she won't pull the plants up. She's as far as she's concerned, it's nothing to do with her plants. Right. Okay. So How do, and and, it's on, it, and I can't dig up the. I mean, I have managed to cut as much of the roots away while all the bulb with here, but obviously it's going to happen again.
1: Right. So all you got, I mean, all you can do is cut down, can't you, Tom? And then you could put a you could put a barrier yeah, around, around it. it. You no, could put No, it doesn't matter. it doesn't matter, you can cut the roots off in your garden.
4: No, they're not in my garden. It's on the pavement. That's the, that's the other thing. I can't dig up the pavement. Oh. I'm not allowed to, because it you know, obviously belongs to the council. My metre is on the pavement, oh, but the roots right. are, are, are from a shrub that's in the front of her garden.
1: If it's in the f- front corner of her garden, t- yeah. chances are that the roots are coming through your garden as well.
4: Yeah, but my metre is more or less in front of her house. Oh, can't it's do it. There's,
3: there's not much you can do, really.
4: Nothing yeah. um, you can the product I could pour down there with it when she's not looking, so We, <laughs> we,
3: know, wouldn't, no, we would not recommend... <laughs> would, it, she'll not all argue. of a sudden, her plant dies. Yeah, we wouldn't no, recommend that be. at all. <laughs>
4: yeah, so there's nothing that I could pour on from the surface that would hold the roots
3: back. Uh, no. 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 In a word, no, no, you can't.
1: No, we couldn't. We couldn't possibly suggest that because uh, that would not be good practice for us. Would you
3: it? might want to go back to your council, I to uh, council and have a chat with them about it. Yeah,
1: local authority. I think it's your best bet. Let's go to Keith from Great Tay. Hello, Keith. Good morning, Tom.
3: Good morning.
5: Good morning. Um, the clematis. Yep. I have a clematis, a Niobe.
3: Oh right, yes, uh, nice one.
5: It's a pruning group three. Yes. Uh, I bought it a couple of months ago, it's very healthy, Um, it likes um, shade, and I've put it in the corner of my garden, and uh, for the first three or four weeks it uh, it was growing lovely. You know, I had uh, three or four lovely blooms, and last week it seems to have stopped and gone wilty.
3: Has it gone wilty all over, or is it the odd limb that's done that?
5: Just the odd limb.
3: It, now it may be wilt, it may not be. It might just be another fungal disease or it could right. be a physiological problem. Um when you put it in are you have you just watered it in once and left it or do you water no, it on a regular I watered, basis? I've
5: watered it religiously every 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 evening.
3: Right. Is it it's not in a rain shadow, is it? So No, no. So I wouldn't water it anymore. I think you're you're probably over watering it. So okay. I don't think it's wilt you've got here. So what, need, what you need to do with the, with the brown growth is that's died now is cut, cut that, that down as far as you can. I'll cut it down to ground level. Is that okay? Well, that's it. You've done it. That's fine. But have you got any? Have you got any shoots at all? Uh, not at
5: the moment, no. Okay. What well, the, I ha- what I have done, I've put some uh, um, gardening manure and some bark down.
3: Oh to, uh, no! You right. don't need the manure. Uh, what I would do is. Take that away, just yeah. move it away from where the root zone is and don't water it and I'm sure that will come into growth. When it comes into growth and you can see new shoots and if, if it does that within the next few weeks, then I would water in uh, any seaweed-based product because that's got a good anti fumigatory control and it also helps promote good growth. Something like Maxi crop will yeah. work well. But don't do any more water, yeah. 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 Don't do any more watering pull the mulch away a little bit actually particularly if it's i mean actually, actually how thick how thick was that mulch uh
5: not about about an
3: inch or so. Uh, That's fine, fine. No, just no leave worries. it but just don't water anymore there are,
1: keith <clears throat> and let us know in a few weeks time how successful you are let's go to lynn from rochester hello lynn oh good morning talking hydrangeas aren't we
6: yes we
7: are we've got um, hydrangea in our front garden which is normally beautiful and we do follow your advice, Ken, normally, and when, when to cut it back, etc. cetera. Um, but this year, we're not sure what's gone wrong with it. It hasn't bloomed for as long as it normally does. And it looks as if portions of it um, are dying. We've got sort of uh, very browned, um, crispy-up leaves. Um, we're, we're new beginners, so um, I'm not sure of the right terminology. But it does look as if a lot of the bush has actually died and we're wondering if it's got some form of blight or what's gone wrong
3: no sounds. Ha- have you got anything is there anything unusual growing on the stems or underneath the leaves at all
7: no not that we can see
3: okay because i'm I was going along a, there's a there's a scale yeah. uh, that can attack um hydrangeas and it looks a little bit sort of whitey brown nothing of that though um, yeah. but you've got not leaves and see. stems that are dying back
7: um sorry, I didn't quite you catch got, that. You've got
3: leaves and stems dying back.
7: Yes, that's right.
3: Do they go yellow to brown?
7: Yeah yes. Yes. They are um, um, real real brown like um how leaves turn in autumn.
1: Right. Are they do do you water it very often? No, we
7: don't water it at all.
1: To and the propagate. rest of,
3: and the rest of the growth is okay, it's nice and green?
7: Um, yes
1: we've
3: actually
7: got on some part of the bush we've actually got um, some some shoots
1: some new shoots okay I well, just cut the old out uh, yeah yeah the,
3: cut the, the, dead the, the brown areas are not going to come back so you need to cut those down as far as you can right uh, or cut them down to a shoot if you can see one and um, I would also just to strengthen the plant use a any seaweed based product you can get any any good garden centers water that in. Uh, and that will help promote good strong growth on the plant right. don't do it is it a mop headed hydrangea has it got a big um, ball of what were flowers yes yeah yes. so you're not going to do any prune, any further pruning until next year so i would do some initial pruning to get rid of the old worse growth water in a good feed that's got seaweed and then see what happens
0: ken Crowther, answering your gardening questions this is bbc essex
1: Let's go to Jean in West Mersey. Hello, Jean. What you got for us?
6: Good morning, Ken. I wonder if you can help me. Um, for the last couple of years, I, I love Agapanthers and there's a man around the corner. He's got loads and loads, and they're beautiful. But I cannot seem to get them going in the garden. I've got two which just come through all straggly. So yesterday, I went to the nursery and bought three, and I'm contemplating putting them in a pot. But I wonder what you think.
3: That's a great idea. <clears throat> They're great in pots. They, they do like to be a little bit constricted. Um, so use, if you're going to do that, then use something like a John Innes uh, number 2 potting okay. compost. Uh, make sure you've got plenty of drainage holes in the bottom of the container. Um, I tend to put a couple of old crocks over the holes and then put in maybe an inch or two of griv- uh, Gra- gravel. Gravel, <laughs> gravel or grids uh, and, and then uh, plant up the, put the agapanthus in. And then to to top off, use grit or gravel as a mulch over the top of the compost.
1: And, in fact, what you could do is you could stand those pots in the flower bed as they come into bud, bud. and they look really good. A lot of people do that today.
6: Oh, brilliant. Oh, that's a good idea. So what I'm going to do them this afternoon, so what do I do? I mean, they've obviously almost finished flowering now, but if I put them in the garden, are they all right just for the winter to leave them in the garden like that
3: they'd be absolutely fine in the garden um mm-hmm. but if you've got a they need to go in the most sunniest spot you can find
6: oh, right.
3: um, and because they love sunshine so and, put the pot there and you put that's where you put the pot or if you're going to plant them put them there if Brilliant. the soil is a little bit clay based then i tend to work in a bit more gravel and grit just right. to open it up um but as long as they're in a the sunny site, they should fare well so oh. try and Try them in the pots and let us know how you get on. How about that, Jean?
6: Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Thank you very, very much. That's lovely uh, of you. 0300,
1: 240, 41. That's what we're here for. We're talking gardening all the way through till 12. Joyce from Colchester, Fuchsias. Is that right?
2: That's right. Um, it's uh, one I can leave out the garden. In Hardy ones, pot, yeah. Yep. Um, and uh, I don't know whether I have to cut it down for the winter.
3: Uh, no, I tend to leave them because fuchsias sort of flower on and off all the way through. Mm-hmm. You only really need a few days sunshine and out they pop with the flowers. But when it comes to around about March, April, probably more April, mm. you could then cut the plant down quite hard and it will then reshoot from the base. You could
1: take it down to sort of
3: six, seven inches. Absolutely, even, can't even you? lower than that you can go. But yeah. uh, do, don't do that really until around about April time.
2: Oh, I see. How about taking a cutting from
3: it. Yep, you can do those do now. Wow. Actually, you can wow. take yeah any yep. any shoot that hasn't flowered. All oh, um, has- absolutely full. <laughs> <cool. laughs> well, well, you can you, take well, one that is in flower. Yeah, couldn't you, you? You could remove the flowers, uh-huh. and you want you want fresh growth. You want growth of around about uh, a couple of inches in length. Uh-huh. Um, ideally, with its tip uh, still um, added on. But if not, take that flower off. And you need to cut below uh, a junction, mm-hmm. so you've got a cutting about two inches long, strip off the bottom uh sort of half of leaves, and really and truly they can be they can go into compost or I've also done it where you put them into water, so put a little bit of water in a, in a dish and uh stand the cuttings in and actually within about a week or so they produce roots.
2: Oh, well I might do that because I've got a thing that you put them in, you know uh, good. For, for water ones we, oh i try that
1: oh, oh, all you need to be careful that?
3: of is when you yeah. transplant be and, careful uh,
2: do,
1: what? does it
2: have to be kept warm during the winter?
3: Oh, no, they're, they're, no they're hardy so they can actually go outside so if you do them now uh-huh. you'll be planting those out in the autumn uh-huh. and they'll be absolutely fine for next year
2: oh lovely thank you very
6: much <laughs>
1: That's Joyce from Colchester, and we go to Joe from Basildon. Hello, Joe. Talking fuchsias Hi, again, aren't we?
6: Yeah, I thought we'd got a bit of a mix-up there for the minute. Um, I've got seven fuchsias going on my balcony in baskets and hangover, the balcony one, and there's something's gone wrong, I've got flowers on them, but all of a sudden they've started all bunching up,
1: right, like okay. Right? Um, Can I?
6: And they won't. They won't open up. The leaves won't open up. Hang on.
1: Hang up. on. Hang on. The right. So the growth is like retarded. Yes, it's not growing properly. And the leaf and the bunt and the ends of the tips are yes. curling. They're curling in. Yes.
6: Yeah.
8: Tight
1: as well. Right. Is it happening to all of them, or is it well, only happening there? to some? It's
6: just one, but then yep. I've noticed they've all got
1: it. Right. Sadly, you've got fuchsia gall mite. Now fuchsia gourmite is becoming a major problem for fuchsia growers because oh, right. there isn't really much we can do for them and in fact the recommended method is to remove and burn or at least get rid of them completely.
6: So can you see this mite then? Because I've, I've opened no. them all up and I can't no. see anything.
1: You won't. It's tiny. And it is actually into in the in the bud, in the in the oh. right in the tip of the bud. Is I'm it afraid- in root? No, no, it's in the bud of the plant. Oh,
6: really?
1: Yeah, and it is oh. a grow, growing problem, sadly. Um, but I've I think... For,
6: I've grown them for years and I've never yep. had this problem.
1: No, a lot of people have. Well, I was talking to a gentleman about, oh, I don't know, about a month ago and he's been growing fuchsias down his driveway for 20-odd years and suddenly yes. he's got gall mite and it oh. is a real problem. I mean, some people say that you can use uh, Bug Clear Ultra and try it to eradicate it, but the recommended oh, method I is to... Away. I think you are better, and start again next year. All right.
6: Okay, then Ken. Thank you very much.
1: Sorry Bye. to give you uh, bad news, <laughs> uh, but occasionally it's quite that's... a bit that
3: round, isn't there?
1: Yeah, a lot of it around. Mm. Uh, Peter from Thaxted. Hello, Peter.
3: Hello, hello, Ken.
9: Hi. Um, yeah, I've got a problem with an Acer. Um, I planted it three or four months ago. Uh, a nice specimen, about four foot high. Mm-hmm. Um, put a good compost um, uh, base in there and I've watered it religiously um, and all the leaves have slowly dried up and um, it's sort of curled up gone brown and, and fallen off um, I've got I have got some new growth coming mainly from the from the base um, but uh, I, I don't know if I've done something wrong I and mean, I'm hoping that it's coming back but um, uh, there, there are a few leaves now showing this week uh, from some of the stems higher up so Basically, any advice you've got—is am I doing doing it right? Or you know, there's something else I could do.
3: um. Is this an Acer that's growing in a pot or in the ground? No, it's in the ground. I planted it in the ground. You plant it in in the semi-shaded position. Okay, so it's a perfect situation for it. It was, Um, yeah. And you've got this curliness and drying out of uh, the the shoots. One one reason why that can happen is um, it can be overwatering. It can be underwatering. watering. Okay. Um, so always there's, a good there's, answer, that, there's right, always a happy medium there, but yeah. usually it's over watering. Um, so so just have a look at your watering regime. If you feel you're, I mean, if they're in the ground, I wouldn't water them at all. Um, apart from a good few weeks ago when it was very very hot and dry, then I would be watering fairly carefully. It is in a
9: border between two uh, mature trees. Um, and it's semi-shaded so that particular border doesn't get too much um, rainfall.
3: So you're adding, and, right, okay.
9: Uh, it, it's really, uh, as you say, I kind of watch the weather and just top up where I think appropriate. Um,
3: and are you using but, mulches as well? Are you putting sort of organic matter on the surface to try and I keep haven't that moisture done so in? not yet. Because that's, that's a good way of keeping the moisture in. But, but the other thing is you're saying you're getting some new growth.
9: Yeah, I mean, I've got some, I'm looking I'm looking at it now, and uh, I've got some new leaves that have just sprouted, hmm. bizarrely, from the, the, the main stem right at the base, um, ah. uh, but from other
3: places too. I mean, I can, I can see just sort we're of gonna, mini leaves. We've got to be careful sticking.
1: if it's from the base, haven't we, Tom? Yeah. Because it could be, it'll be grafted, won't it?
3: Yeah, all, all your aces are, they tend to be grafted, that means they've been uh, propagated onto another plant, closely related, yeah. just to control its height and spread. Now, if you're getting growth from further down and very close to that, that, that ground level, then that's probably from the rootstock. But if you're getting them uh, up the stem. But you want to remove the bottom ones, don't you? You do want to remove the other ones. But it also depends on where it was grafted. Sometimes they're grafted a little bit higher up over the ground. So you get that yep. weeping effect. Yep. Uh, some are grafted close to the ground. So actually, it could still be the rootstock up that main trunk. Are the yeah, leaves exactly?
9: It looks like to me, like the rootstock is the first bit that sprouted. But the, like I say, um, higher up now, I've got a bit more growth. So mm. um, if I just trim off that bottom uh, rootstock growth.
3: Definitely take that lower one off, because is the leaf quite different? Uh, or different colour? A, a slightly different colour and yeah, yeah slightly different yeah. shape, yeah. yeah. So that's probably from the rootstock. Remove so that re- one. Definitely remove that. I would actually probably leave the rest on to see what happens. Uh, but it yep. seems like it's, it's recovering because yeah. it's putting new growth on. Yeah. Um, because yeah. the other thing that you can get on these is uh, they're, they're called wilts. They attack. These are systems that attack the transport system and a number of plants that went through very hot weather, which we've
1: had hot and cold, and
3: last year suddenly die yeah. off. Mm. So okay. I'd actually, I, if anything, use a good seaweed-based feed to strengthen yeah, the plant, yeah. and then monitor the plant and see how it goes. Are you, okay. are you on the Are you on the flight path, Peter? Was that an aircraft? Oh, yeah.
9: That was an aircraft you could hear going over here <laughs> Just oh, in my garden at the moment.
1: <laughs> OK, then, Peter. Best of luck thanks,
9: with your Acer. Thank let for your advice, guys.
1: Let's know how it gets on. It's always to hear. good to hear. Grace from Pitsy, you've got a hebe. Now, how old is your hebe? Because I know you're asking, should you cut it down or what to do with it? How old is it, Grace?
2: Um, quite a few years, yeah.
1: What's that, three, five, <laughs> ten? no,
2: more than that. Ten. I've cut it down before, and I can't remember what time of year I did it. Oh,
1: I see. So you've cut it before, and it's been successful. Yeah, and I
2: take cuttings now as well.
1: That's good. Um, where...
2: Can I cut it down just a little bit? Cut about six inches.
1: Yes, yeah, a good. I would now because you'll get new growth, which can then harden off before the winter. Yep, I oh. go as hard as you like. Right, You're and
2: harsh. what about the Can I do that now as well? That needs to
3: be cut um, uh, Yeah, no, you yeah, can do, you do you all tr- those you can trim you? The, you can trim those. You can actually, depending on the size of it, take about a quarter to a third off.
2: Okay, lovely. All what right. about the seeds I've been collecting during the spring? Poppies and loving the mist, etc. Can I sprinkle them about now? I or
3: i would actually, actually. No, no, no. Me. I would no, actually show, prepare the, the ground so you've got a nice seabed and then broadcast those over the ground. Nice bit of cover as well. Just rake them in, water them in, and I should think they'll all germinate, those.
6: All right, lovely. That's
2: all I want you to know.
3: Do some in pots as well, just in case. All right, okay, Grace.
2: Then. All right, then.
1: Thanks. Good potting compost, and that will sort that out. Uh, don't forget, it's the gardening phone-in here on BBC Essex. Tom Cole and myself answering your gardening questions. 0300 200 We go to Christine in Burnham-on-Crouch.
2: Hello there, Ken. Hi, Tom. Last week it was bees, this week it's a cucumber. Well, I think it's a cucumber anyway. I what? have this enormous, what I call it, it's like a triffid. Throwing yeah. them in amongst my my shrub fuchsias, and it's got little tiny what they're like light bulb shaped. They grow to about the size of a walnut, and they look very much like little marrows. They're they're hard and shiny, and it's, but this this plant has got tendrils like a cucumber. It's one of the cucumber family, but that it's could. grown like a trifid. It's huge. I don't know where it's come from.
3: Squash, might be a squash Isn't actually. If you cut squash. one, if you cut one open.
2: No, they're only tiny. I haven't. I mean, they're very tiny. I've been tempted to because I thought, could it be a gourd that's come from some? Could be a gourd, could I, be a yeah, the squash. Yeah, they're
3: all related. I, I believe it's quite broad.
2: Oh, yes, sir. some of them are huge. Yeah. I mean, I have to keep chopping bits off it because I say <laughs> it's
3: not Yeah, sounds like you got something from the squash family there. So a gourd, a squash, a pumpkin, anything. Or it could even be a cucumber. So it's all. it could be any of those.
2: Are they Are they all edible, though? So I thought, um, oh, yeah, would know...
3: Uh, no, I no, mean, all members of that group are edible I mean, they're not got, yeah. some, are, some
1: are less exciting whether you want to eat them or not is another yeah, thing but they are all edible they are edible yeah all oh,
3: right oh
2: thank you
1: for that can you come back to us christine and let us know what it's like because You're once,
2: alive. <laughs> once
1: once you've got the the fruit come back and let us know because that'd yeah, be well, nice well, to
3: hear from them you.
2: Just rocking. they don't get to any size because uh, i think they're not being pollinated
3: um, no, if you get I the mean, fruit, you know, if, you get, I... if you get if you the fruit, it's been pollinated. What tends to happen is they w- it might rot on the end because weather conditions. Yes. Put a bit erastic of straw temperature, under it as well. As well.
1: Put a bit of straw under, because we'd love to know what they're like. We're going to go to Baz in Clacton. Hello, Baz. Good morning, young man. How's the air show?
10: Uh, it's not till Thursday. <sighs>
1: oh.
10: You're a bit too early.
1: Do you like the air shows?
10: I do. I should definitely be there on the front.
1: You're an air show man, are you?
10: I'm just hoping all the planes arrive. I think, believe, some of them aren't worthy no, at the moment. Some,
1: oh, no, some have got a bit of engine trouble, haven't they? Yes. The old Merlin engines, isn't it? Yes, they have. Having trouble <laughs> with the Merlins. <laughs> <laughs> right. My, B- my Baz, question. what we got for you?
10: When you buy food from a superstore, it's got a sell-by date, Best Buy. Does this apply to multi-purpose composting bags? And liquid plant food, and I've, I've looked on well, the bags. I haven't seen yeah. anything. So I mean, some of these bags could be years old, couldn't
1: they? Uh, sometimes they are quite old.
10: So how so do they
1: have a, do I they have a date on them? I don't think they do. They don't have a date on them, do they?
10: No, uh, I can't see one. I
1: mean, uh... no, right, okay. The answer really, the real answer is that if they're sealed, in theory, they do not deteriorate. Is that right, Tom?
3: Yeah, in uh,
1: theory. No, in theory they shouldn't deteriorate. The problem is, and I'm being honest here, that sometimes some uh, companies will buy huge amounts of compost and then they'll stack them and they normally come with a polythene outer round Mm -hmm. them. If the polythene outer disappears and the water gets onto the bags, they have got minute holes in them, and that, of course, is safety, isn't it? Safety of children getting hold of polythene bags. They've all got holes in them today. If the water sits on the top and filters down through them, they can get waterlogged. Now, if they're waterlogged, then you could get seepage out and you could lose some of the goodness. Does that all make sense to you? It does. So basically, they're all right, really. They should be all right. Tom <laughs> has an answer.
3: Tom, you have something to say on that one? Yeah, no, I think if, as long as they're kept in a dry, frost-free area, that water doesn't seep in... That's what I just said about yeah, the water, it? So, how, But things like a, a soil-based compost they do, it does tend to separate out quite a bit and you, you're advised to use that, you buy what you need, you don't bulk buy. No. So buy what you need to use yeah. when you want to use it, yeah. otherwise sometimes the consistency changes. And, and
1: remember you're reliant on that uh, retailer to have good quality stuff so always look at the bags you can tell if a bag has been hanging about in a garden centre it will have deteriorated in colour and quality of the bag, only buy what is good.
10: Does this Supply like uh, Tom Wright and stuff like that. Liquid plant food. I and, wouldn't. And no.
1: Can't, can it? I don't Tom know, Wright? I mean,
10: what about the, what about don't the believe there's, there's a shelf
1: life on it. There's no shelf life. As far as we know, there is no shelf life on Tom Wright. Tell you what, we'll think about that one and see if we can come back to you. But as far as we're concerned, there isn't a date on them.
10: So, because why I'm asking, because one of our big garden centres is doing everything half price. Yep. And uh, I've thought about buying four or five or four Tomerite ones, half price. Two, four for the price of two. Then I thought, well, I might be using them really until next year.
1: Personally, I wouldn't worry. I would use it. I would use it next worry. year. I can't see that a seaweed-based uh, material cannot deteriorate if it's okay. kept somewhere. Not in full sunlight. You wouldn't keep it in full sunlight or anything like that, but I can't see a real problem.
10: Okay, you've answered the question.
1: Okay, Baz.
0: Thanks very much, indeed. The BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther. Every Saturday from 11.
1: Hello, Selma. Where are you? You're in Rayleigh. Rayleigh. Hello, Selma. Now, what flower have you got for us, Selma?
11: Well, um, it's a yellow flower. The the leaves are heart-shaped. Now, this grows to about a foot high. The leaves are heart-shaped, and it produces a yellow flower on a stem. And when the flower dies away, or the centre of it dies away, it's then replaced with um, bright red berries then these die, well, they don't die off, they stay on, but then the berries turn black.
3: Hypericum? Yeah. It, is now, it, 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 what is it? Are they clusters of yellow flowers? Yes,
11: Yeah. yeah. only on the top.
3: Yeah, it sounds like hypericum, hypericum, or some of the names you can use for it are things like Rosa Sharon. Um, so it's it's a shoppy plant, it's woody. Um, it can be, once it's finished flowering, yes, you do get those lovely fruits, they do go black, You can leave them on through the winter period and then in the spring you could reduce the plant by half. Have you got a pen and paper there?
11: Yes, I have, yes.
3: Well, Tom will spell it for you. H-Y-P-E-R-I-C-U-M. All right?
11: Um, Yeah, I did look through the uh, gardening book but I couldn't find it. Well...
1: Have a look at Hypericum, and then you can come back to us and say, we're well, right or wrong. How about that? that's <laughs> well, Fair enough. Can
11: I have another quick question?
1: Go for it, Thelma.
11: Right. Um, I plant some cosmos. I mean, I, I plant cosmos every year. I make, you know, grow the little plants first and plant them out. And every year I've had masses of lovely colour plants. This year only several of them have, have grown, you know, pretty plants, uh, pretty colours. The others, they've grown great tall ferns, over taller than me, over five foot tall, and eventually I've got one that blooms and it's got white flowers, but the rest is like a big fern forest. I've never they do had do that. Before.
1: They can grow that tall, can't they, some of the varieties?
11: Well,
3: the, I don't know. No, I you can get them up to four and a half, five yeah, feet, can't it you? it sounds quite tall, actually. But we've had a load of good weather, but you've got some like a mixture in a batch there, uh, mm. a mixture of uh, different, probably different types. But they are flowering, are they? They're eventually flowering. Well,
11: one of the tall ones I think, has flowered. It's It's got white flowers only I, on I it. Think,
1: I think you'll find the others will flower. I think you've, they've just been... Putting their strength into growing because they don't, they they sort of mature and then flower. I th- I'm sure you'll get flower, but
11: I've grown, inter- I've grown them every year. I've never mm. had this problem. And either.
1: have you bought the same? Don't tell us whose seed, but have you bought the same seed from the same sort of supplier?
11: Mm, that I couldn't say.
1: Oh, no, I'm not sure about that. OK, it could be just a run bit of seed, which yeah. does happen because sometimes you get wrong seed in wrong packets, sometimes even different varieties. I know you shouldn't, but it does happen. If you kept the packet, it'd be worth referring back to the company. Uh, they always are pleased to hear from people who have grown things. So just drop them a line, send a picture of it. They might be interested. I'm going to move now to Colin in Chelmsford. Hello, Colin. Hello, Ken and Tom. How are you? We're fine. We're talking lilac trees with you, aren't we? <laughs> you, you are. I, I put in a lilac tree about three or four years ago, a, a very baby
9: one. And unfortunately, um, it's close to a shed garage, which I'm, I'm very concerned about. And I don't want to get to the stage where its roots are going to be causing uh problems with subsidence or like that. So I was actually starting to try and take it out, but I never realised how deep the um, roots are by now. So I'm having trouble getting them out. But I just wondered if I was to cut the surface down and didn't get them right out, can I put anything down to
3: kill it off?
1: The answer is yes. You can, can't you? You can use... you put it into
3: the stem, yeah, onto the stem, you, wouldn't you? Can you can use a product, uh, SBK. Yeah. Uh, which is a a wood and brushwood killer. Uh, just follow the guidelines very carefully. You have to um, get that into the stump, um, right. and that will what it will do is it basically suppresses any growth, and the and the plant then starts to rot off. Uh, and then maybe in about got God a good, knows, a good few knows how many months, a good few months, maybe a year. Uh, you might be able to sort of work the root out uh if you want to use the ground for something else but that's one way to do it um okay. they don't usually cause major uh, problems uh, major problems really i suppose it depends on the depth of your foundations on your garage really uh, but if yeah, it's on a it, pad yeah. i wouldn't yeah. have thought it would have done much actually yeah.
1: all right yeah yeah oh right. thank you very much okay colin best thank of luck with all that kind. All right, and uh, getting rid of a lilac tree to talking to Bob in Wickford, uh, who's talking about a large hibiscus. I take it this is in the garden then, Bob?
10: Yes, I've got two
9: of them in the garden. One's blue, one's pink. At the moment, they're about six foot six high and about six foot spread. Far too big for where they are. And I wanted a knife I could trim that cut them down, how far I can cut them down
3: before it kills the plant. And at what time to do it? They're in bloom at the moment. Yes. Well, you can you could wait. You could enjoy the bloom. Um, they're a bit of a tricky plant, actually. They're best not pruned. Yeah, they're, they're sort of <clears> best left alone, really, and only now and again, to do a bit of thinning out. Um, sometimes they just react and. Uh, don't want to give any more flowers and or die back. Um, so it's it's a difficult one. This one actually. I'd enjoy the blooms anyway. And then what you could do is prune sort of, as little as possible. Yeah. I
1: mean, have you got to prune it, Bob?
9: Well, it's, uh, the, the branches are hanging over footpaths now. Take those um, off really and they leave really to rest. To be cut back. Sorry
1: take those off and leave the rest of the plant don't prune the whole plant just remove what is in the way because they just they're not happy at being pruned
3: and actually actually if you if you do those overhanging branches then see what happens um because you might get some growth lower down if you get some of that growth lower down then sometimes you can cut back further into those but as ken's saying really it's a bit they're not happy they're not a happy plant to be sort of pruned a lot really
1: all right thank you very much (laughs) okay bob that's bob from wickward hello pam
2: Hello, Ken. Um, yeah, I've got a raspberry cane. It's in a in a bucket.
1: Oh yeah.
2: Um, I've had it. My son gave it to me last year, I think. But I've had. About three raspberries on it this year. What
1: do I do with it now? <laughs> I'm, I'm amused. I, I didn't say where you it's were from. It's doing well in the bucket. <laughs> but I must tell—I must tell us tell people where you're from. You're from Tiptree, of course, famous for its soft fruit. And there she is, and there she is, ringing up because she's got a raspberry in a bucket. That's lovely, Pam. I like it. Um, you've got one one raspberry. It should produce several shoots, shouldn't it?
3: Yeah. I mean, it, is it something you can put in the ground? No, not
2: really. No. Right. Uh, but no garden as such really. right okay
3: so you've got Keep a nice big bucket. nice big pot
2: Nice big. it's about 12 inches across it's a big bucket about 18 inches high this bucket is yeah
3: okay with, so you're
2: holding just... it for drainage and brilliant things, yeah.
3: and have you been feeding it as well i gave it some tomato to- good right. good good so it flowered and fruited early or is it just finished is it flowering so about, now
2: about june time i think so... it was just. Few raspberries, the
8: ones the birds didn't get.
3: It, but yeah. <laughs> okay, so it should it should actually send up some other shoots, and that's next year's cane for flowers and fruit. So the old one you've got, yeah. You would you would cut that down. Now you could leave that for a moment. Let let it carry on growing until you get some more new growth, and then yeah. take the old flowering, fruity cane out totally. Okay, right,
4: I'll do that. So just just pull it out, or cut no, it cut no, it down. Cut get it get, down. get some
3: good secateurs. Get anything sharp you can cut with, and cut it close to the ground. Okay,
8: okay. lovely. Yeah, thanks. Ever-
3: that. That's you. a
1: pleasure for Pam. And then we go to Angela in Springfield. Hello, Angela.
8: Hello
12: there. Good morning to you. Um, yeah, the shrub bridal wreath.
1: Is that the um, spirea, do you think?
12: Yeah, it is.
1: It yeah, is. OK. Yeah.
12: OK, it says cut it down all when it's finished flowering That's right. away. But, but it's actually doubled its size. So what would happen if I cut it I
1: don't cut I don't do that to those, do you? Uh, the, I only the, cut half the growth down hard.
3: Right. This plant flowers on previous season's growth. That's right. Yep. So you cut out all of the old flower to That's... the to the ground or to where there's a really nice uh, leafy shoot, because that leafy shoot's going to really give you a, a vigorous growth for next year and it will flower flower again. So you do that all the way over, and then all the long shoots that are left, you cut those down by about a half.
1: And get new growth yeah. from them.
3: And then when you look at the plant again, because it's a multi-stem plant, take every third stem out totally.
12: Right, but the only thing is the new shoots, right, have
3: really doubled. So um, you're reducing and, them. Yeah, yeah, you're you're going to lose some of those. Yeah. Um, but even if you cut those back by half, that's the best thing you could do.
8: Okay, that's lovely.
3: And it is a lovely plant. It's a, lovely plant. Oh, it's a yeah.
1: lovely plant. Alan in Chelmsford, you have a question for us, haven't you, Alan?
4: Yeah, very quick one. Just needs a yes or no answer. Um, I've got an apple tree in my garden, which, uh, I mean, I've been in the house for 30-plus years. Uh, unfortunately, I can't even give away the apples that it produces. Yep. And um, they're just falling on the floor, rotting, et cetera, et cetera. Thinking of getting rid of a tree, do I need permission to get rid of it? Uh,
1: I suppose there is a very slim chance that it has a... If you're in a conservation area, there is a very slim chance that it's got a preservation order on it, which you can right, find out.
3: Fine.
1: You ask the council... They'll tell you. And they'll tell you. It's as yeah. simple as that.
4: You but go, it's a real shame because it produces yeah. lovely apples, mm. but I just can't give them away.
1: Often happens, so just ask the council and they will tell you.
0: Ken Crowther, answering your gardening questions. This is BBC Essex.
1: Let's go to Yvonne in Kelverdon. Hi Yvonne. Hello, Ken. Oh, hibiscus, yes. What do what do yes. you yes, what did you do then?
8: Well, mine had grown six foot. Yeah. And they were in the front. And I've got three very close to each other, Mm -hmm. a, a variegated pink, a beautiful blue, and a purple. And they were so high and coming over the driveway that I thought, I must cut them. And I cut them down to about three foot, and the blue one's gone mad, but the others have bloomed very well.
3: Oh, well, there you go. That's good. That's good. Yeah.
8: I was always told you shouldn't cut them.
1: That's what we just said.
8: <laughs> That's right, because they'll die. <clears throat> but I knew somebody who did used to trim theirs regularly, so I thought, well, I'll try mine, because I also get lots of seeds growing underneath plants.
1: Yeah. So they are, so it's worth them having a go, isn't it? Yes, yeah,
8: well, mine has been absolutely beautiful since I cut it down.
1: Well, they are. There's there's, there's, a, there's, always, you know, the trouble is gardening isn't a strict science. It's right. something that you can often do something different, can't you, Tom? Absolutely. Yes. If it says in the book, it's, try something different. Yeah, try something <laughs> different. Thank you very much for that, Yvonne. That's a really useful tip. And I hope that, you know, other listeners may try just what you've done and find it successful. Yes. Uh, okay? Right. Hi. Thank you, Yvonne. Uh, just to mention that Bob from Wharton on the Naze would like you to repeat the advice you gave about the how to treat the suffering fuchsia. Now, what I said was, Bob, that it is a fuchsia gallmite, as if it's crinkling up at the ends and the growth is retarded. And the real advice is to remove and throw away. That is what the general advice is: remove and throw away. I'm going to move on now to Penny from Basildon who's given us a call on 0300 200 40 41 Orchids we're talking, is that right?
6: Yes, hello Hi Yes, um, I've got um, a pot plant well I've got two actually um, and they're orchids but I've never had them before um, and I don't know how to look after them or when to feed them and water them and uh, where to position them
1: Right, is this the one with the flower that looks a bit like a pansy? Yeah, so it's phalaenopsis. That's a phalaenopsis, and, and it's in
3: a—is it in a sort of clearish pot? Yes. And you've got—have you got it sat on a saucer, or is it in a in a sort of ceramic pot as well? well?
6: I've got it in a ceramic pot.
3: Yeah, that's all right. And you... um,
6: but I was told it doesn't like a lot of water.
3: No, it doesn't. It um, doesn't. in fact, um, I mean, I've ha- I've got one of these at home where I probably just water it once a week at the moment. Yeah. Uh, and then in the winter, I sort of drop it down to once every fortnight, sometimes once every three weeks. And oh. for watering, I just mm. take the plant in its original pot, yeah. put it into the sink. With yeah. uh, if you've just got tap tap water, that's fine. Leave it in there to soak for about twenty or so minutes. Take the plug out, let it drain, and then put the container back in the ceramic pot because it it must must let it drain because it doesn't want to be sitting in any water at all because those fleshy root type systems will just rot off
6: Oh right okay because only I've only been watering it once every three weeks I've had it for about six weeks. and um, I've been on holiday I come back and the flowers are absolutely beautiful
3: but if it it, sometimes I mean I'm just going as a guideline really if that works for you great continue to Uh, learn. and they like misting
1: sometimes misting misting. is also
3: good as well if you've got any rainwater it's better with rainwater really um, and a, a feeder use a, an orchid uh, drip feeder just cut the end off stick it into the pot off it goes
1: now we did have an email and i, I wanted to quickly do with this this is from sonia savage it had a caterpillar on her garden path lovely bright green one and they got really big it looks like it's got eyes doesn't it but they're not they're markings on its head and we believe it is
3: the elephant hawk, elephant hawk moth
1: yeah. they're a normally a bit, bit darker yeah. um, is it a problem well yes it'll eat things but basically we try and protect hawk moths and try and look after them so we don't we don't actually go around squashing them too much do we? No. Try not to uh, I hope that's helped you, that's Sonia Savage, let's go to Brenda over in Kent again um, what have you got for us then Brenda?
12: Hi there, yes hello Kent, hi. Um, right It's called... I don't know what the proper name for it is. It's called A Tree of Heaven, and it it, it is A Tree of Heaven. It's absolutely shot heavenwards. Um, It's in my neighbour's back garden, but it borders my boundary, um, and it just overshadows. I've only got a tiny little back garden, and it absolutely overshadows my back garden. Um, I've got um, shoots coming up all through my lawn, through my patio, it's coming up through my driveway, and even my next door neighbours got these shoots coming up. And I'm getting worried because the shoots are now coming up around the wall of my my little bungalow, and I'm worried if the roots are travelling that far. It's just shot up since last year. It's huge. I did have um, a gardener come round last year and take some of the branches off that were overhanging my property. Um, But, you know, where they were cut back, of course, more has grown.
5: Yeah, I don't know
12: what to do about it. I live in a housing association property, Mm -hmm. so I can't do anything. I can't insure the property on building contents.
1: Have you tried going back to the housing association?
12: I have, yes. Um, There is a, a supervisor coming to me on wednesday the 23rd of august that's
1: all you can do i mean you know we can't advise you to do anything to the tree can we tom
3: no it's uh it's alianthus is the tree and it's related to the sumac and the sumac does the same thing it shoots and suckers all over the place really so
1: really you must get on to the housing association Association
3: will need to look at that well to, to protect themselves really
1: yeah you're doing the right thing brenda
12: okay i i keep cutting it back
1: yeah, it's that like makes it sometimes growing. it sometimes makes them grow more. can you let us know how you get on because we'd be interested to know now I must just recap I got it wrong it was it was Howard Gunn that sent us the picture of the Hawk moth caterpillar so apologies to that it wasn't Sonia Sonia was asking about her apple tree so sorry about that Sonia I haven't got to the apple tree yet uh, we're going to talk cosmos now uh, hello. And from West Mersey. Oh, hi there. Hi. Um,
2: I was just ringing with regard to the lady who rang about her cosmos plants. Oh yeah. Because mine have been exactly the same. They've grown up very high, with little flat not much flower. And the ones I've given away have been the same thing. I always use the same, same seeds. Um, I don't know the make. Sweet sensation is the type. But I can, I will find out the make. And let
3: them know. It's worth going back to them actually just to say this is what's happened this year because cause actually you and maybe other people are doing the same thing and it might be a batch issue uh, with that particular seed type. Yeah, uh,
8: mine have always been really lovely, So,
2: but this year uh, I'm still waiting really for a few flowers. Yeah.
3: It's, it's either the
1: weather conditions or from the seed company. You could actually, I mean we're not mentioning the seed companies because we have to be careful we're, you know, we, we don't like to spread rumours about certain seed companies, but it might be that you've both bought from the same seed, seed company so it's definitely worth you writing to that seed company yeah. and explaining it. Yeah? I will do, yes. Alright? But okay. it's nice to hear from you. Thank you very much for letting us know. Thank you. Uh, that's interesting that several people and And we have uh, John in
4: Brentwood. Hello, John. Morning all. Um, Just a quick one. Rhubarb. Can you continue to pull right to the end of the season until it doesn't produce anymore? Or should you sort of stop somewhere and allow a few leaves to sort of rot back so the goodness goes back into the plant?
3: Yeah, it's the last one. You want to stop harvesting uh, rhubarb uh, unless it's very very vigorous and you can take the odd one out, but you need to have enough goodness that goes back into the crown for the to overwinter.
4: When is it usual to stop back? You can.
3: Well, I, I'm going to
1: tell you a very quick story here. I just remind people they can get through on the phone as well on o three hundred two hundred forty forty one. We can squeeze in a call. I went to Tip Tree uh, just recently to see their rhubarb crop, um, and I said, Oh, do you stop in July? Because that used to be a general rule. No, we don't. Uh, what we will do is we monitor, just what Tom said, we monitor how much growth is there. If there's, say, you know, it's it, it, it's a clump and it's producing 10, 12, 15... You can keep on harvesting. Se- you can keep on harvesting. If it then stops producing lots of stems, then you stop. Yeah. Because it's important that some of those stems, the goodness goes back down into yeah. the root. So it, the the rules, it's like
3: we keep saying, gardening has rules, yeah. but actually... It's hard to say you must stop in June. In June. That's because right. everything... And this year's been a phenomenal year oh, for water. Incredible. So everything's gone berserk and it's producing loads and loads of growth. So it's, it's not going to be unusual, I think, for you maybe to keep on harvesting. But as Ken's saying, once it stops... That's when you stop.
4: OK, thank
9: you
1: All very right. much. Uh, OK, just, I did get in a muddle. So, Sonia Savage, quickly, their email. There's a line free at the moment. I can squeeze you in on 0300 200 40 41. If you've got a quick question for us. Uh, she said she bought two maiden apple trees from a reputable supplier in the area in March 15. We left some fruit on this year. to Permanent thrive, but discovery leaves turned brown and curled within three days. It's planted within two metres of a rotting silver birch stump, which is now pushing up fungi in the lawn. Would that be the problem? Now, it's I don't think there's anything to do with it. I mean, that is the picture of the tree. It's just curling up and going brown. It looks like a water problem it does look a look bit, water free.
3: It? It's nothing to do with the birch, nothing to do with any fungi. It's, uh, it looks like a watering issue. I, it looks like probably too much.
1: Too much? Yep. So they are. Lay off the water. Right, we have Roger. I promised to answer Roger's text. Uh, do noreens die back when finished like daffodils? What should be done with them? Yes, they die back like daffodils. You let the they do? Narines, yeah. you just Let them
3: die back as much as you can and then what will happen is the leaf becomes quite loose. You can then pull those out, put them on the compost heap.
1: Rob wants to know, is it too late in the season to liquid
3: feed potted aces? Only feed one- fed once this year. No, i do it especially if they're potted, because you might have flushed out quite a lot of the nutrition. Okay.
1: Uh, Why are plants grafted onto rootstocks and what happens if if the shoot with rootstock is allowed to grow?
3: It's mainly there to control height and, sorry, height and width of plant. Uh, And it's a vigor issue um anything coming from the base can detract away from the from the main cultivar so eventually the cultivar dies off and just the root start grows which means it might not have a very good flower it might not actually have very good fruit <sighs> carol what was your very quick
1: question because i did say i have to be quick
2: yes um my fuchsias have got the same problem as the yep. other lady yeah i've got so many around the garden all different shapes colors right. everything Can I not just cut
1: those curly bits off? No, no, you've got to get rid of them. You have to take them out and get rid of them completely. It's as as brutal as that.
0: The BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther. Every Saturday from 11.
1: This week, my special guest is Tom Cole, a lecturer at Rittle University College near Chelmsford. And it's at this point of the programme, exclusive to the BBC's Gardening Hour podcast, where we bring you five things you could be getting on with in the garden during the next seven
3: days. Tom, what's your first one? Well, I'm cutting down all my faded perennials uh, that finish flowering or looking a little bit sad and uh, tired. So I'm just cutting them down as far as I possibly can, as if, if I was cutting down in autumn. <clears throat> and then composting everything. So I've been doing that with actually some of my very early flowering asters that are finished already. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Solidargo is fine. Uh, the Veronicastrum, that's fine. Uh, but things like um, the geranium, hardy geraniums, Nautia, and the Pita that's finished take them down. They'll come back. They will come back. And actually you might even get a You'll little get flush of flowers even flour. this year. Oh, you will. Yeah.
1: So that's worth doing. And I don't think people are sharp enough at cutting stuff back. They, they seem to leave it and just think, oh, well, it's finished for the year. But you can get second flushes quite can easily, it, yeah. can't you? Well, I'm going to be talking about how's your sweet corn? Do you grow sweet
3: corn? I have. I've got uh, 10 plants and I think I've got over 10 cobs. That's
1: good, but whether they pollinate or not is another thing. Well, you do need to water them really heavily at this time of year. If not, they don't swell and you won't get a good quality corn cob. So that's very important. And really, you've got to wait till those tassels go brown, haven't you? Before you uh, think of looking at them to check. A lot of people open them up and do all this squeezing. I just reckon if they're brown tassels, they're ripe. That's That's, the what key, I for me. that's it, the key for me. It is for you as well. And tomatoes. Hopefully you haven't had blights. A few people around the county have picked up on blight. Um, most of us haven't. And feeding is so important. Every week, good tomato food Gives it extra flavour and keeps them coming. Because you can keep tomatoes coming if you've got enough room. I just like to let them come and come and come until it's too late.
3: Right up to the frosts. Yep. Uh, well, I've finished the raspberries. All my summer fruiting raspberries have now finished. So what you got to do? Cut well, them? I'm not going to go? wait until the autumn. I'm going to prune them now. I'm right. take out the old fruited canes uh, to the ground or to where there's a very good vegetative shoot. Uh, and then I'm going to tie that in. Uh, and uh, make sure that when you're tying summer fruiting raspberries in, you leave it's almost like a, a, a fist space between one cane and the next. About sort of, uh, I don't know, f- uh, four or five inches. <clears throat> so tie the best ones in. Don't top them above the top wire. Bend them over uh, because they can die back. And anything else, cut out. Cut right out. Easy as that. Yep. Do you feed them? Um, not at this time of the year, but it's I have been feeding. I have been feeding them liquid feeding with tomato feed through the summer
1: and they were a good flavour, don't tell helped, me yeah. nothing like a nice raspberry <sighs> a job that you should be getting on with is hedges now hedges are something that um, we forget, we often leave it too late in the autumn, but particularly let's think about things like beech Hornbeam. If you don't prune them in August, they don't hold their leaf as well through the autumn and into the winter. So as they turn in the autumn, they will hold their leaf. But you need to do it now. This is the month to cut those. I also cut conifer at this time. Lalandi, trim up the lalandi and hold most of my hedging you can do now. And then it'll take you through the winter because that way any new growth hardens off in case we have a hard winter. Because we never know what's around the corner with our weather, do we? We don't. So get out there, get some good... Well, actually, I'll tell you what is really good. Have you tried battery-operated hedge trimmers? I
3: have one. They're fantastic. They are magical. Because they're lighter, aren't they? And they give you about 40 minutes, I think. Maybe around about that. Depending on what you buy. Yeah. No, they're good. So they are... There's a little tip from no Tom and I. Leads.
1: No leads. No smelly cut fumes. Up, no smelly fumes.
3: Go, right. go for battery. Well, it's doom and gloom, I'm afraid, oh, with me you're not my, with my last you. one oh, here. No. Uh, so if you've had or got or think you have chafer grubs or the good old leather jacket, nasty, which is the larvae of the crane fly, which is bobbing up and down at the moment, you can pop along to your good garden centre and go and ask for a biological control that's got nematodes in and you can water that into your lord. And that will seek out the problems, invade them, and kill them off. And actually, they have a sort of bacterial agent inside. So it's the nematode is a carrier. The bacterial agent invades the organism, kills it from the inside out, and moves on to its next victim. It's not very friendly, but it's it lovely. does work. Yeah. <laughs> it's lovely. <laughs> You're cruel. And you could end up with a lovely, clean fresh lawn with no casts on the surface or no dying back. <laughs> they are there's some
1: of the things that you should be getting on with this weekend or and the coming week in your garden.
0: Ken Crowder on BBC Essex.
1: Let's have a look at some of the gardening events taking place across Essex over the next few weeks. And um, we're going to be starting ...on Saturday the 26th... ...Sunday the 27th... ...and Monday the 28th... ...because there's a flower festival... ...at St Nicholas Church... ...in Great Wakering... ...also in Coggleshaw... ...there's a flower festival... ...at St Peter's uh, Church there... ...and on the Saturday... ...there's even a concert... ...at 7.30... ...at um, Martin Dobson... ...Midnight Oil... ...Chilled Out Jazz... ...Tickets £12... ...Concessions 10 it's, uh, on the Tuesday the 26th no it's not it's Saturday the 26th it runs till Tuesday <laughs> on Sunday uh, obviously you know there's the services with uh, 10.30 and then 5.15 songs of praise and on Monday and Tuesday you can go in and have a look at everything uh, admission is free, donations are welcome and that's on the 28th and the 29th 10 till 5 Wednesday the 20th of September, 2 to 5. Dragons at Boynton Cross. Chelmsford is open to raise money for the NGS. The Plantswoman's 3 quarter acre garden is planted to encourage wildlife. The mission is four-pound. Children are free. They're also homemade teas. Uh, just an advance warning of October. 14th to 31st of October, Essex County Council holding its Arts of the Possible Festival and that's encouraging local community groups to badge their events as part of the festival promoting what is great in Essex. Come on, check out the website www.artofthepossiblefestival.com Check that one out and just to let you know as well Marks Hall in Coggleshaw all the way through till... Oh, no, they've had it. They were doing their outdoor exhibition and I hope you enjoyed it because it is a great garden to go to. The exhibition's finished but do go along to Mark's Hall in Coggleshaw. It's a garden that's well worth seeing all seasons long. Don't forget you can let us know of your gardening events for the BBC Essex Gardening Hour. Send your details to me at least three weeks' notice either by email to ken.crowther at bbc.co.uk
0: the BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther. Every Saturday from 11.
1: Thanks very much for listening to the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast. And if you missed any of the answers to the questions we gave, you can download this programme and take it with you wherever you go via our website, bbc.co.uk slash bbcessex. And if you have a gardening question for us, why not give us a call and be part of the programme every Saturday morning from 11 on BBC Essex.
0: Ken Crowther, answering your gardening questions. This is BBC Essex.